Welcome to Chaos Divided, a podcast exploring the hobby, the game, and the lore of Warhammer 40k. We're your hosts, Nurgle Snurgle and Blushing Noise Marine. And today we're talking about how 40k can be self-care, because in the grim darkness of the 41st millennium, there is only wellness. Now, I think when anyone thinks of Warhammer 40k, they don't immediately think of self-care, but there's more to the hobby than just bolters and bloodshed. Uh, from playing the game itself, to modeling and painting, to exploring the lore, there's many different ways to get lost in the totality of what we call Warhammer. Now, to, to bring in my co-host, to Nurgle Snurgle, I gotta ask, how do you approach Warhammer in a therapeutic way? It's just, I, I don't know if I come to it like an approach, but I feel like it's what I take away from it afterwards that makes it therapeutic. Um, obviously like we can, we can feel our low times and we can feel how we do. And then it's just something about sitting down and feeling peaceful, putting on that podcast, putting on that song, getting into that groove. And for an hour or two, it's like everything just drifts away. And then afterwards, that's where the real therapy comes in. And that's what I take away from it. So as part of, I mean... To maybe give it a bit of an approach. So is there, you know, kind of a setting the the scene? Like, do you, you know, do you light some candles and, you know, put on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Or like, how do you kind get of, you know. music on. <laughs> right? You know, how, how do you, how do you get into that kind of relaxation point? That's actually, now that you put it like that, yeah, like, there's definitely, the way that I approach it is I like to have a clean desk. I like to have my wet palette set up and even getting your, your clean cup of water, your brushes set, your, oh, you pick the paints that you're going to collect and put them on your desk and you look at which models you're going to paint up. That's, that's therapeutic right there. Just getting the nice setup together and um, obviously it's not always going to be peaceful and, and looks aesthetically pleasing like you're gonna have like your desk all bunched up but um, uh, sometimes I just I like that clean slate and, and that's my preferred approach to it now I'm thinking about my own painting space and how I never clean it up ever, ever? and it's still never oh and wow covered in like half painted models and like just paints everywhere in no particular order mm -hmm. and maybe that's why i don't find painting as relaxing mm. as uh, as other people do well my my computer desk is my painting desk at the same time so i have to it it can get kind of bothersome when i have to like when there's just too much stuff on my my desk so um but I like to film, so filming my my process helped having a cleaner desk because, like, I want it to look nice and and um, especially through like yeah, like filming it. Um, it just it gives me that push to clean. Now, I mean, uh, if I look at Blood God's uh, painting station, sometimes it's just like blood or. <laughs> blood of course paint splatter <laughs> everywhere <laughs> i mean that feels very corny so that, that yeah. feels right you know he wanted to paint on my paint station the other day i was like uh-uh <laughs> 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 you can't <laughs> 
I mean, you know, when you think of Nurgle's garden and you don't always think organized, but there's probably a method to the madness, oh. so that makes sense. Oh, there's lots of organization. <laughs> like, I know a lot of people think it's like, ew, disgusting, gross, but if you really look at the root of it all, pun intended, it's very organized. Like, Nurgle loves organization. Everything has to be in the cycle of sevens and... You, they have to keep count and make sure that everything is in place. <laughs> I mean, if you really dig into to Nurgle, he's actually supposed to be like the god of like life and like yes. renewal. Mm -hmm. And it's like the Eldar and Orcs that kind of, you know, mess that up for everyone else. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess if you look at it from like a life's perspective, then, you know, there's a lot of like organization and like thought in that. So mm -hmm. you're just, you're just extolling the virtues of Nurgle. Yep. It's, we embody the the saying, don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> <laughs> Not, yeah, no, mine is just all chaos and all, all, all disaster <laughs> all the time. Um, but yet I still find ways to kind of like get lost in it. Like, um... Not so much like smaller miniatures painting. I struggle with like, um, especially like Chaos Space Marines, it's all trim and I just, mm. it's it's a struggle mm -hmm. for me. Um, mm -hmm. But like painting vehicles, I just could just like, I, I feel like if I was 40 years older, I would probably make like model airplanes. Um, mm. Cause it's like more of that, like, I find that more of the like, okay, I don't have to be as like specific. Meticulous, yeah. yeah. I, I, I follow you, like, through the commission painting that I've done, especially with Deckbox and doing knights and, and like, a Lord of Skulls and stuff like that. Painting the big models is a lot of fun. Like, you don't have to be tight in there with your magnifying glass trying to get that dotted eye. No, 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 no. You just take a big brush, bash some paint on it, and you are good to go. Meanwhile, like, I've, I just painted some... Uh, eight bound at the moment 24 of them and the trim is like ungodly <laughs> that's uh that's a big project 24 Huge. eight bound that is oh yeah. uh, and this like world leaders especially the red and the gold like blend in your eye so much like keeping them mm -hmm. straight that's mm -hmm. um no thank you mm -hmm. um <laughs> I put a lot of gold trim on little purple uh, soldiers, but mm -hmm. um, there's at least like visually a distinction there. Yeah. Um, World Eaters is something else. I've always said like, as like I just joked about it the other day with um, my fiance, Blood God, that if you're a commission painter, you should mark up the price for Chaos Marines because it's it's not just the trim like a nice solid piece like most space marines it's got that little tick on it it's got like this little uh arrow it's got it's just it's insane <laughs> the amount like the um, the terminators especially the mm -hmm. amount of just like framing and bracing and like little bits and like i saw the like the new terminators Mm -hmm. Like, they're so clean, like, they've got that hunched, like, Terminator yeah. look to them. And then, like, Chaos Space Marines are just, like, all weird angles and detail and, like, mm -hmm. it's, they're brutal. And not uh, only that, there's tentacles. There's, like, spikes coming out. There's something going on with the armor that's, yeah, it's, but I, you know what? I wouldn't change it for the world. No, I, I mean, Possessor. <laughs> I, I do actually kind of enjoy Possessed because it's like, 
you have all the detail, but then also you have the like demonic parts coming mm-hmm. out and like it almost frees you a little bit. You're like, you know what? They're kind of half demon. They don't have to look as clean. Like mm-hmm. it's like a breathtaker. You know? Yeah, it's like oh. yeah. You're like, and the colors don't have to make as much sense. Like mm-hmm. you can put colors that clash because, well, at least you know. Mm-hmm. If I, I didn't give it away from the the name, I am an Empress Children fan. So like, <laughs> they can be a little messy. They can be mm-hmm. a little garish, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now that got us started, but. When we look at the hobby as a whole, um, there's obviously a social element to all of this. Um, there's the solitary element, so painting is kind of the obvious one. Um, how do you kind of uh, compare those experiences? Uh, you know, the playing with someone, or you know, the hobby kind of with a group, uh, or more socially versus kind of that like you know tucked into your little nook. Uh, I think it's just it's a perfect balance between the two of course we're humans we love to be social like as much as like people love to say that they're introverts we need social interaction and painting doesn't have to be just solitaire like you can have a buddy night like some of my most favorite times is painting with someone next to me and it's it's crazy how time can fly by and you're like whoa i I just painted half a model a full model and chit-chatting with somebody next to me that's it's glorious so i think that there's especially in this hobby and warhammer there is and you're gonna hear a lot of how unbalanced the game is but warhammer like as a whole is pretty balanced it's you can choose whatever way you want if you want to game, if you want to paint, if you want to just build, if you want to just talk lore, like there's just so many aspects of it. It's wonderful. I was I was thinking about it today and really like there's multiple pillars that kind of make up yes. the hobby as a whole. And like, you know, you really kind of can like pick and choose like for mm-hmm. A very long time like the lore was kind of my connection to the hobby i didn't have time to game i didn't have time to paint um but like reading the horse heresy novels was kind of the way i kept connected to warhammer Mm -hmm. um so you really can have kind of that like you can kind of have it on your own you can have it in a group and honestly you always kind of know you're talking to somebody who's into Warhammer because as soon as you say like anything and they're just like, what did you just say? (laughs) And it's like instantly (laughs) you're just like into it. So no, I think that social element is for, you know, for me and and maybe for you, like, I think that's a huge component of it. Like, you know, you might work on it alone at home, but then you bring those experiences and that expression with you. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I like, I've known of Warhammer for 10 plus years because of Blood God, but I would say that I, I've been in it for about five years now, under five years. And even now, like when we talk about social and social media and that social connection, it has grown exponentially. Like it's unbelievable where it's blown up into. I, I would say that we're in like the golden age right now. Like it's starting to, like it's like the big bang right now. I, I like to think that there's, you know, I look at what's happened with like D and D, and I think I think Warhammer's right on the cusp mm-hmm. of that kind of like 
mainstream um, recognition where it goes from kind of being that like, oh, what are, what's that weird thing going yeah. on over there to like, you know, people are just like openly talking about it. And it, mm -hmm. I guess kind of the like getting it out of the basement almost like that, like true where people are just like know things about it. And um, I mean, I feel like we all kind of owe Henry Cavill maybe a little <laughs> bit of a thank you for for making Warhammer a little bit more cool. But 100%. Well, like, I think most people, well, like, say for when I started, it was, what's Warhammer? Now it's, oh, I know somebody that does Warhammer. Oh, I used to do Warhammer when I was younger. Or, oh, I know somebody that paints Warhammer. So it's now slowly building that connection. And I think, yeah, I think people are seeing kind of the value of it as a hobby that mm -hmm. you can mm -hmm. really kind of set your commitment to, like... You know, you can be that very intense competitive player who, like, you know, spends their weekends in tournaments, or you can be someone who, like, picks it up and paints a model and, you know, reads a book and puts it back down for three months and it's all okay. Yep. And I, I love that it's not forced into anything. Mm. Like, you can marry, marry the two, the game and the hobby, or you don't have to. It doesn't matter. No one's going to judge you. Oh, you just paint or you just game? No, 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 no. It's none of that. I mean, you know, if you if you play the game and you're as bad at painting as I am, there is a little bit of a like, oh, really? But no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> um, no, and that, but I, it's true. There's really there's so little judgment I found in in the broader community and mm -hmm. you know you can see it even you know on social media just like it's it really feels like a kind of a warm welcoming place yeah um, for people to kind of figure out how they want to like how they want their hobby to feel which I think is really beautiful mm -hmm. um, so we kind of talked about you know, painting is so usually solo it can be a lot of fun um, socially um, but really painting is kind of where that self-expression you know painting a miniature is art um so how does painting allow you to express yourself so i've always been an artistic person and i i guess it just came natural to me so i never really thought too much about it or even when people when i first started they'd be like oh my god that's amazing that's amazing and as an artist, like we are very self-critical of ourselves, but um, especially this hobby has helped me to understand that artisticness of myself and accept it and understand that I love color. I love expressing in color, like color is beautiful and it doesn't have, like I understand that um, people are colorblind as well like I, I hear that a lot like people want to paint but they're colorblind but there's there's more than just the color to color there's the tones there's like it whether it's warm or it's cold or the textures or the techniques that you take with the color that um, can be so expressive like there's so many possibilities that you can you can approach this art and however you you put together or whatever colors you you smash together is you and it's it's beautiful like when I was younger there was this book I was given by my grade one teacher 
and I still I still hold it dear to my heart. And it was about this mouse who got this colorful paint palette for his birthday, and he just goes around the town and painting scarfs and he's painting gloves for for the town folk and it brought such joy to them and i i always kept that close to my heart because that's how i see art if you can make someone smile if you can invoke an emotion like that it's so powerful and that's how i see the art with warhammer it's just it's power i absolutely love that because I, I think there is so much room to express yourself mm -hmm. and really like within totality of the hobby and I, I was just thinking you know what you said about somebody being colorblind like what's beautiful to you is there's room for that like mm -hmm. it's it's about expressing what you view as beauty you don't you don't paint for other people mm -hmm. you paint to like for yourself for your expression and you know no matter how you know artistic you feel you are there's room for all of that expression mm -hmm. you know i've been somewhat joking i am not the best painter um but i still you know there are moments when i get something to look better than i thought i could or there's mm -hmm. moments where it just comes together and you're like you know what i like the way that looks and i did that and you know i probably wouldn't be able to do that in any other medium but part of it is like you're already so invested in you know what that miniature is and what it represents and mm -hmm. the lore and the whole hobby that it's kind of like you know what it pushes you i think to like get that expression out of yourself regardless of what you feel is like okay am i actually good at this or not it doesn't matter it's mm -mm. do i enjoy this and can i like you know in, can i get how i feel out of me mm -hmm. through this little plastic thing yeah <laughs> and i've even looked at my models as like little journals, like little timelines. Like I was this person when I painted this and I was mm -hmm. this old and this is how I felt when I painted that. Sometimes like, like I said, artists, very critical. And sometimes I'll look at a piece and not like it. But then like months down the road, I'll look at it and I'll be like, man, what was I thinking at the time? I love it. Like, I love that it's finished. I love that it's like, you you start to really appreciate the beauty in it even afterwards well it's almost like once you have a little bit of distance from the mm -hmm. actual painting of it you can yeah. see it the way everyone else sees it yes i feel yeah you are so correct in that like there is something about like being so into a model where that's all you see for eight hours of the day yeah you're gonna go blind essentially and then when you take a step back it's like oh when you take that breath of fresh air it's it's peaceful well and it's even you know we're talking about kind of painting a single miniature but mm -hmm. you know and you're playing like a 2000 point game and mm -hmm. you put it out there and you kind of get to see what it all looks like and how unique it all looks and you know you almost kind of have that little bit of like remembrance of the time you spent on it, you know, kind of each time you're like doing a deployment, yeah. you know, because you're kind of like, oh, you know what? I remember painting this or I remember, you know, putting this together and, you know, being frustrated because I couldn't figure out like where this part went. And then when I figured it out, it was great. Like mm -hmm. it kind of, it transcends 
any one part. And I, I think that having that expressive component translate past just like the painting and building of the miniature is, is part of what makes Warhammer so unique. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It'd be interesting like if uh, grandmasters had to paint their own chess pieces. <laughs> And that's how I kind of see them as like, I see these as like chess pieces, your kings, your queens, your pawns with your own spin and uniqueness. And everyone's unique. Like there's never going to be one model that's the same or that or one army that's the same that each people have like person has. Well, and I think when you look at some of like, uh, like Warhammer Fantasy was a little bad for this where so many of the factions kind of had these very predetermined looks and feels to them that there wasn't as much room for expression. And then you compare that with like Sigmar um, and what some people have done with that and like the palettes and the colors that mm -hmm. people are putting together. You know, like Bretonians were very like, they had a look mm -hmm. and there wasn't a lot of room to get past that or else stuff started looking weird. Mm -hmm. Like it just like, it looked kind of odd and it, you started breaking the theme of it. Um, whereas like, I think 40K especially, like it's so broad. And I think that brings a lot of the value. Like if you compare it to some other games where there isn't really that hobby component, mm -hmm. I feel like you don't have the same attachment. You're just, it's the game that you're playing. It's not really the whole hobby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, now. This is the part where I get a little excited because we've both played <laughs> Warhammer more competitively. Yes. Um, I don't know. I would not classify myself as a pro player or even particularly good, but I do enjoy competitive play. Uh, and even though it's stressful, I find it actually to be very stress relieving because mm. it's like a very controlled stress environment. Um, and, you know, for some of you listening, a tournament can sound intimidating, but I feel like there are benefits even um, in my own head, playing like a smaller tournament. Um, how do you kind of feel kind of going through a tournament? Well, now that I've played tournaments for a couple years, I can definitely say that my approach is so different from the beginning. Like, in the beginning, it was very stressful for me because I was the only female playing. Um, I just jumped into it. Like, it wasn't like a gradual upcline into tournament play. It was like, oh, there's someone DM me. They're like, there's a GT coming to your city. You should check it out. Sure, let's check it out. Jared, we've never uh, done a, a tournament. Let's try it out. And I just jumped in into a 36-person tournament, never played a game against a stranger ever before. So that was that was stressful but uh my first game I, I fell in love with it and I understood right then and then right then and there that this is what I want to continue doing um but uh the the benefit I saw right away was um yeah definitely the social aspect the feeling of it like now like I said now that I can reflect on it um, I take away from these tournaments, uh, structure in my life. Like I have to, you have to plan that you're going to a tournament. You have to understand that you have to upload a list a week in advance. It's not something that you can just drop and play. This is, you have to have a list ready. 
your models ready, uh, your, your dice packed, make sure you have a tape measure, make sure you have all your models. And I'm, I'm speaking from experience that sometimes I've missed some of those. And through the repetition, it's like I said, it's given me that structure that I, I really needed in my life. And, and also I've learned just consequences and uh, preparation for it, as well as the adrenaline rush. <laughs> um, I've always told people who have never attended tournaments that you're going to A, either feel completely exhausted and you don't want to pick up another dice, or you're going to feel so much adrenaline, you're going to be like, I want to roll more. Like, let's let's go round six, baby. <laughs> I mean, there are some tournaments where you feel both, but that's um, yeah. that's usually when there's too many rounds in a day. Um, <laughs> and I can 100% relate to that kind of first tournament. My I, I played like fourth, fifth, and sixth editions. Didn't play for over 10 years. Mm. And then... My first game of ninth edition was the first round of a GT I signed up for. Wow. And I was just like, you know what? Let's let's do this. And mm-hmm. I was hooked because it yeah. was it was stressful. I did terribly. Um, <laughs> but had so much fun just like working through that and and mm-hmm. really there's not many things where you can just so quickly see kind of like okay i shouldn't have done that and like it's like such a learning and educational environment and it really challenges you to like think quickly and think in like an organized way and like plan out what you're doing um you know you think okay a three-hour round sounds really long but it isn't yeah and (laughs) you're so hopped up on like you know excitement and like you know the first like big roll you get is like a dopamine shot and then you're just like (laughs) your adrenaline's at 10 and then you're like okay now i have to make decisions yeah and like that back and forth i find really it's like i said before that controlled stress i find it kind of allows you to disconnect from like all of the day-to-day troubles in your life and it almost is like a day or two um i haven't played any longer tournaments but you know of that like okay I'm so in the moment and like, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at like mindfulness and you look at like, you know, relaxation techniques, a lot of them coincide with kind of that yes. feeling you get in the middle of a tournament. Yes. But instead of being from that like tranquility point, it's like that like intense pressure. And I find <laughs> it almost gives you a clarity, which mm-hmm. um, I wasn't really expecting. Well, even in pressure can make diamonds. So, but I love that you you said that mindfulness because that's that's key when it comes to meditation. You're not thinking about the past. You're not thinking about the future. You're thinking about the now, and that gets you into this just trance, I guess you could say. And mm. that's very much like a game. Like you don't know who your opponent is until five minutes before you have to get to the table, and then you have to be like, okay how many characters do you have what's your secondary is like and and, uh when it comes to preparation like knowing the questions to ask is i think is very key um like obviously yeah sorry i was just it's all like a cognitive exercise like you're like you have to train yourself how to like process information in like a very short amount of time and make like decisions off of it which is really Mm -hmm. like you know if you look at like 
even like executive training that's usually what they're like trying to teach people to do mm. is to like delegate information process information like really there's like very high functioning skills that come out of warhammer that mm. like you know probably uh you could do studies on because it's really like you're just processing so much information so rapidly because like you can't know every faction nope. you can't know every list so you're just like okay I have limited information and I have to make choices on that and I've got 45 seconds to do it. Go. And you're just in it. And understanding like, and being okay with that too. Like letting yourself know that like, it is okay to not know everything. Like it is okay. As long as you know what you can do and what you can counter with, that's the key. And like, Yes, you're going to have opponents that tell you every single thing about their list, but it, it is also okay to be like, you know what? I'll ask you the questions as I go. Like, I'm not going to remember that right now because right now I'm trying to think of my secondaries. <laughs> you're like, I, you, I'm on A and you're telling me about something you're going to do like round four. I, I, I'm not here for that, but that's that's part of it. That's building mm-hmm. up that kind of skill set. And mm-hmm. so, no, I think there's a huge amount of like... Um, things you can learn from that competitive play that you don't necessarily get from more social play because it like if it pushes you to like almost be more of of what um you know more of a of a player more of a you know of a hobbyist and also looking at kind of a, a tournament you're also getting to see usually a bunch of beautiful models a bunch mm-hmm. of beautiful armies you're getting to meet new people people that approach the game differently like there's that whole social element um you know, going to a GT is a great way to just like meet people that are excited about the same thing you're excited about. And I think that's so valuable. Yeah. Like I, I, I said uh, in the beginning of this question was that I've changed so much. Like before I wanted to like I was kind of chasing the ITC numbers. I liked seeing my name on charts like that was really cool. I've never seen that before in my in my life. But now I approach tournaments completely different now that I've. I'm more comfortable with my army and I'm, I'm painted. So I'm not staying up till three o'clock in the morning, the night before. Um, it's all social. It's like, I get to see the people I love. I have, I don't get to see that often, or I I only get to see six months of the year, but when we're there together for the weekend, that that's it. Like, it's just, it's full of love. Like, especially in our local community, it's, it's very beautiful um the people we get to meet and those connections well and because we're in a a vaster geographic area these are people you're not just seeing on like a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. um you know you're not gonna see somebody at like a tuesday night um you know game store um Mm -hmm. if they got to drive four hours that's just not going to happen so it's really a great opportunity to catch up with kind of those those old friends yeah um so no, it's uh, there's there's a lot there. Now, talking about pillars, I don't think we can talk about Warhammer without talking about the lore. And <laughs> there's so much of it, uh, the novels, the narrative, the, even codexes. Arcs of Omen has been huge. Um, how, how do you kind of fit lore into your hobby? Uh, so the lore that I consume is fully through blood god like it was actually the lore that started me on the path into warhammer 
um, he used to he would tell me stories about it, and it started off with talking about Nurgle and talking about the garden, and then the moment he started talking about the Primarchs, I I felt such connection to it. Like there's all of these men, I guess, or Primarchs that have these unique powers to themselves and they have daddy issues i guess you could say like and i i felt like i could connect to that and you felt almost sadness to for some of these characters for example like angron like his story is so sad and you feel for them or even mortarian like how these 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 characters are just thrown across the universe living in in environments that they had no control over and then and then they're told that they got to be super soldiers essentially and ripped from their homes and it was just understanding like i i don't want to go too deep but like i didn't come from a good environment so I could have a personal connection with them and that's how I got more connected to the lore and that's how I took it but I'm just starting to read the Horus Heresy books and and I'm loving how well written they are and descriptive and um there is I, I find myself now like I've, I've never was much of a reader but I'm finding myself reading them I'm finding myself on the hill in Halifax in the sun and I'm reading and the sun's coming down and I'm like, I gotta finish this chapter. Like <laughs> I'm so <laughs> invested now. I think that's awesome. And I really like what you're saying about kind of the Primarchs and them like they're these superhumans, but then they also have these like very human problems and very mm -hmm. like human valuabilities. And I think that that um you know I really um came to enjoy Warhammer more through reading like the Horse Heresy novels and getting to kind of see almost this interesting kind of thought, the process of like, okay, you create these like superhumans and like what is really wrapped around the Horus Heresy, especially is like this feeling of like purpose and usefulness and like, you know, what kind of mm -hmm. starts the whole heresy is, you know, they start wondering like, okay, well, what happens when we finish and mm -hmm. like, you know, what do you do when you're built for a purpose and that purpose is done? And, mm. you know, those like very human, you know, problems and like, you know, what do you do when your father doesn't love you? And what do you do when mm. you grow up in a rough environment? Like Angron, especially Angron is a character study and like mm. someone who could have been like a loving, caring person. And, like, I think it's, it's been said multiple times, like, Angron was the most emotional and the most, like... He was diplomatic. Like, like yeah. Could, couldn't he, like, ease the room if he walked into it? If he could, without the yeah. butcher's nails. Well, and that's, yeah, like, he um, he was, like, even more humanistic than, like, Vulcan. Mm -hmm. Like, he was, like, the one who actually, like, loved and cared for, like, the humans around him. And mm -hmm. that's what, like... It was, I think it was actually, like, when his, like, friends were killed was, yeah. like, what broke him. Or he couldn't um, save kinda, them, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, no, he's, like, a super, 
like caring character that just like couldn't care enough and breaks and like like that's such a relatable thing but then you know you're telling this in the context of something that is now like a 15 foot tall demon so like (laughs) it's almost like the escapism allows you to explore your own feelings and relations to things without having to like necessarily feel it yourself like it's like an indirect way of kind of like dealing with your own humanity really Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm that went way deeper than I was expecting to. I thought we were just going to talk about like. Oh, well, we could you know. go deep. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole point of a podcast. Yeah. We're not done. This is just this is a this is an intro. Yes. Um, this is just a teaser, <laughs> or because I'm a chef, it's an amuse bouche <laughs> for the rest. <laughs> you know what? Okay, that sounds fancy, but if you like the French part, it is just it's <laughs> it's such a weird saying. Yeah. <laughs> The amusement of the mouth, that's what it means. <laughs> right? <It's... laughs> you can make something sound fancy, but you can't take the French out of it. Um, <laughs> but no, I think like the lore really like gives you that like human application to something that like, you know, there, there's a there's a guy in Halifax and like he's just like, we're playing toy soldiers. Like we're all aware that we're playing toy soldiers. Um, Matt, I, he uh, that's a, a common saying for him. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think the lore, the hobby adds so much more to the fact that, like, yeah, you're just playing, like, with little plastic army men. Um, but yet, you're so connected to this because of these, like, 40 years of stories that have mm-hmm. built up around it. Mm-hmm. I actually, like, I never call them toy soldiers. I don't even think of them as toys. I find them as, like, my art pieces or, like, even down to the single nurgling. Like, there's there's feeling and emotion to them. But I think that speaks to how powerful it is. And no, mm-hmm. I, I don't call them toy soldiers either. I just was <laughs> um, making a joke. But no, it's it's true. Like, it really... I mean, you spend a lot of time. Like, even, even if you're not, like, a super detailed painter or, like, hobbyist, like, it's still a lot of time to build mm-hmm. an army and paint it and get it ready. And, you know, every game you play is, like... A commitment in some way shape or form mm-hmm. and you're putting yourself into that and i think you know yeah it, it transcends a little bit more than like a dollar store baggie of like gi <laughs> gi joe's yeah um so no I, I think there's so many different ways you can come to this in a way that kind of makes your day-to-day life a little bit easier and you know i think going back to that you know in the grim darkness of the 40th millennium there is only wellness because mm-hmm. i think you know <laughs> It's such a far removed world. It's such a far removed, like the lore is so in depth that there's ways for you to find yourself in it in any way, shape or form. And, you know, from exploring kind of, you know, mindfulness and kind of like your own thought processes through like competitive play, the intricacies of painting and both socially and on your own, there's so many ways for you to kind of get into this hobby and just, feel good about it mm-hmm. and like there's one thing i love is is seeing others as well connect over it like when we're at the gts and i see others like it's like speaking a language and there i can see two people talking about their armies and how it plays and they go da 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 i'm just like wow that's impressive and you could just you it's not 
just impressive. You can see the love. Like it's mm. there's a, a aura of love with this hobby. And I think that's, you know, the part that maybe surprises people when they get into it is that it is this like big labor of love and it mm -hmm. is this like very caring, compassionate, you know, environment. And, you know, obviously with anything, there's some people that maybe don't take it in that direction. But especially around here, like, you know, I think the the community around here is such a positive group that it's hard to feel anything but like, you know, supported it and mm -hmm. and you know, excited about the hobby. Mm -hmm. For sure. <laughs> so that's uh, brought us to the end. Um, this was supposed to be a 10 to 20 minute trial run and we're 40 minutes in. So <laughs> I think, I think this might've been a little bit more fun than uh, either of us were expecting. I think we have um, a lot more to say than we thought. <laughs> I knew you would have more to say. I think, uh, I think the surprise maybe is on you. Oh, okay. Um, I think, um, no, I like uh, if you haven't checked out Nurgle Server before uh, on uh, social media, everything she does is fantastic. The way she approaches Warhammer is absolutely incredible and so positive, so loving. You know, uh, you really embrace that like Nurgle is love <laughs> and Nurgle is joy. I, I, I use a tagline that I like to spread love like it's a disease. <laughs> <laughs> very contagious so no i i definitely knew you'd have a lot of great insight and a lot of great things to talk about um i had a great I time we... i i can't wait to do more of this <laughs> is, is there anything else you want to add before we be wrap up uh no because i think i think the element of surprise for the next time is is what's the spice of life Ooh, the element of surprise. Well, I guess now we're committed to making a second one. <laughs> uh, well, for everyone listening, thank you for joining us. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can find Nurgle Snurgle. Um, is it at Nurgle underscore Snurgle? Yes. Yeah. If you if you Honestly. see if you see Nurgle dot Snurgle, that that had to be a backup one. I don't even want to get into it. But yeah, I am Nurgle underscore Snurgle. And I are the soon to be <laughs> the soon, the soon to... <laughs> to be blushing noise marine. I love that's it. A, I I secretly do too. Um, and yeah, uh, I hope you join us next time and have a great day. Yes, ciao for now.